0: Hey y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. On this episode and a few more episodes in the future, I am going to be bringing y'all guests. And so for this episode, we have our very first guest. Her name is AJ. She's a social worker, fashion and design creative, studier of astrology, of course, a poet, a black girl, and my friend. AJ. So here we go. Hey, AJ, thank you so much for joining us on Poetry for Black Girls. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy
1: to be here and I'm honored to be your first guest.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so happy. I'm happy I finally got you over here to the podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, man, I need to bring black girls on this Podcasts, I need to bring more voices, I need to bring poets. And when I started thinking, I was like, who better than AJ? Like, she has so much to bring the black women in our community. I felt like um you were able to speak to a lot of different things when it comes to wellness and spirituality and just developing as a black girl altogether. So Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how we like to do it on this podcast is if we have some poetry, um, we normally will recite it in the beginning of the poem and then kind of talk about like that inspiration and everything that came from the poem. So I know you got some poetry for us.
1: Of course, of course,
0: I came prepared. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Can you share a piece with us?
1: Of course. So I don't really remember the time exactly when I wrote this poem, but I do remember the mindset I was in. I felt a little depressed, but also I knew that I still was ready to begin my spiritual journey again because for a while I had just neglected it. And so I knew that I wanted to start somewhere. And so what better place to start than poetry, you know, mm. that's one of my favorite outlets because mm-hmm. it's different than painting, you know. So, this poem is called The Reflecting God. Get on your knees to express humility and vulnerability. Come to me during your highest highs and not only your lowest lows. I am reflective, unpersonified, so there is no unconditional love for me. Learn from my autonomy. Admire my resilience. Understand my enigmas as best as you can, because I will not explain. See the forest for the trees, but expect disenchantment. Lift the heaviest burdens over and over again until they are too light. That's where I come in.
0: Wow, I love that. I cannot wait to hear (laughs) the explanation. So here we go. So you said that um, you felt like this was a good outlet for you Can yeah. you tell us more about like how you use poetry as an outlet and just kind of the inspiration for this poem and just like kind of tell us what it means yes of course so I like to use poetry as an outlet because I feel as
1: if I'm not really good at expressing my emotions or rather acknowledging my emotions, like I'll feel them and then I'll try to distract myself Mm -hmm. or I'll feel them and then I'll brush them off or try to ignore it. And so I feel like poetry is the only way that I'm comfortable with in a lot of instances. So I like to use poetry to be more expressive and acknowledge my emotions.
0: Mm.
1: And so I titled this poem The Reflecting God because I feel like God is something that's internal. You know, I try not to look for external expressions of God because, I don't know, I just feel like it's easier to relate or it's easier to embrace God when it's something inside of you because it's more familiar, Mm. Um, it's less pressure because you're not perceiving it as something that you have to perform for, if Mm. that makes sense. And so I titled it The Reflecting God because, you know, I feel like we're a reflection of God. Mm. So, yeah. And then, um, like, the get on your knees to express humility and vulnerability, I think that's the, like, the greatest form of humility. Because for someone to get on their knees, you Mm -hmm. know, that's looked down on in a lot of societies. So if you're getting on your knees, you know, Mm -hmm. you're really letting it go. You're really letting everything, you're laying everything out. You know, I'm here. I'm present. That's what you're saying, in my opinion. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to receive. I need help, and I'm not afraid to ask for it. Yeah. So then come to me during your highest highs and not only your lowest lows. I remember being in church around, like, 11 and 12, and I remember the pastor saying that, People only pray when they want something. Mm-hmm. A lot of people pray only want something. They don't pray they don't pray during the times that they're grateful mm-hmm. or that their life is going well. You know, yeah. they pray when they're down on their luck or they're desperate for help. And mm-hmm. I think that I wanted to acknowledge that in this poem. And I was really speaking to myself in this poem, mm-hmm. you know. So and then I'm reflective, unpersonified, you know, reflective. God is we're made in God's image and vice versa, mm-hmm. you know. And then unpersonified you know you can't person i don't like how people attach human traits to God just because I feel like that leads to idolizing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I personally don't want to idolize something that I feel is gonna punish that that has the ability to punish me for being human if that makes sense so i don't mm-hmm. want i don't want to place I don't wanna place human traits on God because me God is supposed to be just like me, you know. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to relate to God, not God be so high up that you know we can't we can't come to them as a person. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like I wanted to say that God is unpersonifiable. You can't put human traits to God. Not there's no unconditional love from God because You can't. I feel like that's a human trait that you put. Mm -hmm. Like when people say, "You know, I have unconditional love for someone," I just feel like that's such a human thing to say. Mm -hmm. And so, there's that. Then learn from my autonomy, admire my resilience, understand my enigmas as best as you can, because I will not explain. You know, the whole controversy of religion and spirituality is very confusing, and there's no one explanation. You can't. It's not a Google search. Mm -mm. (laughs) So, it's all up to the experience the person who's experiencing it. So I just feel like, you know, you have to understand as best as you can and customize your relationship with God for you. And then see the forest, see the forest for the trees, but expect this enchantment. I think it's important to look at the bigger picture, but you know, when you're not a child anymore, you lose a certain innocence mm-hmm. so you have to expect some sort of disenchantment you know at some point in life Um, you can try to be optimistic but you know you also have to be realistic in some instances so everything's not always going to be peachy cream as people say mm. so and then lift the heaviest burdens over and over again until they're too light and then that's where I come in you know I think it's People forget that a relationship with God is a collaboration. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't just rely on God to do all the work. Yeah. You have to lift some burdens sometimes. You have to do work. And then that's when you'll be able to see the fruits of your labor working mm-hmm. off when God comes in. Because it's like it's a collaboration. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. just doing the work and God isn't just doing the work. You're doing it together. And then that's the reflecting God.
0: Wow, I love how you broke down every single piece. And to me that shows that you put a lot of thought and um I would say kind of a um like there's an intelligence that comes with the poem. There is some wisdom that comes with the poem. It sounds like you you've experienced it. Like mm-hmm. you are speaking from experience. So like you talk about God is within us and so I'm curious about how do you connect with God. Like if, if God is if God is already within us, how do you connect to God within your within yourself? I'm glad you asked that because I feel like for a long
1: time I had a hard time articulating mm-hmm. what God is to me exactly. And so I think I finally found that answer. Mm. That's, you know, clear and explainable if needed be. So, honestly, I just feel like God is our higher self, our higher consciousness. Hmm. Because when you go into a meditation or when you're seeking an answer and you're going outside of yourself, I think that you're more likely to take advice from people that doesn't really resonate with you Hmm. out of, you know, needing help or needing guidance but I think when you go inwards you already know the answer mm. you know when you take the time to eliminate distractions and really just focus in and listen mm-hmm. I think you can deep you can dive into your subconscious enough and you're gonna know the answer so I love meditating and mm-hmm. you know just taking time and ans- asking myself questions and yeah
0: I love that. So, can you tell us? Um, it kind of sounds like shadow work. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. 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 I'm actually, um, holding my shadow work journal mm. right now. So it's a black journal with Saturn on it, and Saturn, the planet Saturn, is known to deal with shadow self and you know restrictions. Can you and... tell us what?
0: Can you tell us about shadow work? What it is? Who yeah. your shadow self? Who your higher self is?
1: Um, so my shadow self loves to hide from itself. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of times I'll like I said with expressing emotions I have a hard time with that so I'll I'll hide from them or like instead of seeking help I'll try to isolate or just stuff like that. And so I feel like that would be me operating from my
0: shadow self, you know? How do you know, like, who your shadow self is? Like, if a person didn't know anything about shadow work, like, how Mm. would you explain? Because you've identified your shadow self. Like, you know this, you know her characteristics. So, like, how would you describe who your shadow self is if a person didn't know anything about shadow work?
1: Hmm... think your shadow self is maybe someone who just hasn't really acknowledged or acknowledged them their full selves mm-hmm. and anytime that you have to question is this of my higher self I feel like that's your shadow self showing mm-hmm.
0: you know? like higher self like is this is this the me and my fullest potential? Yes. The best that I could be? Right. Okay. Or am I operating
1: from a place am I operating from a place of hurt?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, am I doing this because I don't wanna do this or because other people are doing this? So like mm-hmm. you said, your your highest potential, your best self, your most loving self. mm mm-hmm. You know, I feel like that if you are not operating from those places, a lot of times you're operating from your
0: shadow self. Mm. Interesting. So you say your shadow self likes to hide from itself. Yes. Okay. So how do you tap into your higher self?
1: Um, my favorite way I think is through music actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: I love listening to music. I think music has an amazing way of helping me mm-hmm. transmute my emotions and acknowledge my emotions because In a way, it's kind of doing the work for me, like, Mm. you know, I'll listen to the song and I'll feel the emotions, but I think that it does a good job at acknowledging them for me a lot of times,
0: Mm.
1: or rather helping me realize what I actually feel.
0: I love that. I love that because a lot of times, like you say, with your shadow self, we don't acknowledge our emotions. We... Um, numb them mm-hmm. you know and so I do love how you, how you spoke about music because it allows us just to feel the feelings yes and
1: it's, allows us to realize that you know we're not alone in our mm-hmm. feelings. people experience these things often and it's just a great reminder that we're human you know mm-hmm. we don't have to be perfect and yeah
0: I love that thank you so much for sharing that with us um, so you mentioned that you have your, um, is it shadow workbook? Was you, how did you yeah, say it? Yeah, shadow work journal. Shadow work journal. Mm-hmm. And you said Saturn yes. was on the begin, was on the front of it. So can you, I'll talk to you about like birth charts mm-hmm. and placements, but I would love for you to share with the audience About what a birth chart is, and like just some placements in your birth chart, because I think that is something that um, a lot of people could benefit from, like learning more about themselves.
1: Yeah, I love to. So, my definition of a birth chart is basically a picture of the planets at the time of your birth. Mm. So, you know, I think that when you have a birth chart and when it's when you when you see it all laid out, it's kind of intimidating at first because it just looks like a bunch of numbers and words that you might not be familiar with but I think once a person gets into it and is able to relate it to themselves I think it's much easier to read um so there's a lot that goes into birth charts I'm still learning Mm -hmm. I'm not an expert at it yet Mm -hmm. so I try to you know take what I learned and apply it to life and all that kind of stuff, and um, my favorite placement in my birth chart is my Venus and Sagittarius, mm-hmm. so Venus rules you know love, beauty, things that you find comforting, things that you enjoy, luxury, stuff like that, and then Sagittarius are known for being adventurous, um seeking higher education being very very phys- philosophical um and things like that. So I think that says that I just I want a partner that brings adventure. Mm. You know, I don't I don't like boredom in a relationship. Um mm. and spontaneity. I want a partner that I could talk about deep things with, mm-hmm. like spirituality and just deep conversations, stuff that makes you think, stuff that that makes you use your intelligence or develops new intelligence. And then I also think it says that I don't really have a type when Mm -hmm. it comes to a partner because, I don't know, I really don't. I think that's very limiting to have a type, in my opinion. I think you should let people show you who they are and then... That's that.
0: <laughs> see if you like it. See if this yeah, is for you. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's no, okay, so I see this person. It looked like this. This so I'm going to go with this. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what if that doesn't work? Yeah. What if you see like how they look, but then, you know, you're not even compatible. Mm-hmm. So I try to just allow people who come into my life to come into my life, show me who they are, and then if we're compatible, we're compatible. And if not, you know, do what needs to be done.
0: So, do you feel like your placement in your birth chart when it comes to your love life and what you're attracted to like did you finding that out in your birth chart did that tell you what you what you are attracted to or did it confirm it within you Did it give it language like how did how did that benefit you by knowing like that part of your birth chart how did how did that benefit you
1: hmm it was it served as a confirmation for me just because I remember being in middle school and even in high school and I just remember having like a such a diverse friend group mm-hmm. and I never judged somebody based on their appearance, you know. I always was just like, you know, if they if they seek community and we have a connection then that's what i value. Mm-hmm. and so i think it served as confirmation for me and i try not to be one of those people who use astrology and birth charts to run my life for me if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. like i try not to be the person that says, "oh, they have this placement, so i don't <laughs> i don't i don't mess with them or they have this placement, so we can't be compatible." Mm-hmm. you know? i think astrology should be used as a guide, not as a do all say all that makes sense.
0: I love that. I love how you put expectations and limitations on it. It can be a tool, but it doesn't have to be the only tool. Right, exactly. Exactly. I love that. So, can you tell us about just your spiritual wellness? Like what that looks like for you? Um
1: Yes, yeah, so my spiritual wellness includes having a what? spiritual advisor. I think it's very easy to feel like you're just living life aimlessly without any sort of guidance outside of yourself or your immediate circle, and especially in un- having an unbiased source of guidance, and I think that having a spiritual advisor can also create a better relationship with yourself. I think that people put pressure on themselves to know everything all the time, and um have a certain level of wisdom and sometimes you can't you can't be everything you Mm -hmm. can't be everything for yourself so it's good to seek help outside of people you already know
0: i love that so how would you describe a spiritual advisor
1: so a spiritual advisor is someone when you come someone you come to when you're just lost i think or when you need some kind of help outside of yourself um i have a spiritual advisor And I've known him for about a year now. Mm -hmm. I think my first tarot reading with him was sometime back in the spring of 2021. Mm -hmm. And I got my first reading with him and it was just mind-blowing. I couldn't believe all the things that he said. It was so helpful Mm -hmm. and it made me feel like I wasn't alone. It made me feel like I wasn't delusional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And his name is Troy. And I'll never forget that first experience. It was everything I needed. It was well worth the the money.
0: And Troy, um, y'all don't live in the same state, right? Right. So, Troy does this uh, virtually. Yes. yes. So, is there a way where the audience could uh, find their own spiritual advisor? Or is Troy taking other clients?
1: I think he <laughs> is taking other clients, but... I'm not sure if this is still true, but I believe that the last session we had, he told me that he doesn't aim to do tarot long term. He wants to spread his um workout into other avenues. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm not sure if he's still offering tarot readings currently or if he's revamped his business yet.
0: Mm. And is there a way uh, where if we wanted to find out about our own birth charts, is there any resources or websites we can go on? Yes. So my favorite website
1: is Cafe Astrology. And you can go in there. It's free. You put your birth chart information there. I think it asks for your birth um, place, like the city and the state, birth time, um, month, day, year. And then it asks for your first name, of course. Plug all that in. It generates a birth chart for you. And I think it even provides like a brief synopsis of each placement, like a simple little explanation so that you'll be able to somewhat understand it. It's, mm-hmm. it's very obscure and vague. You know, every description isn't going to fit you, of course, because, you know, it's only a tool. It's not saying that you're guaranteed to be a part of that explanation. hmm and so that's my favorite website. I think it's the easiest for beginners and a lot of people use it. So I think it's reliable.
0: Okay. And I will put that in the show notes so that we can all use that tool. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to ask you, how do you self-care?
1: My favorite way to self-care right now is sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel like in today's world where everybody's always on the move and with hustle culture and grind culture, people don't give themselves enough time to truly rest. Um, And sometimes I think people even shame getting rest or like there's a such thing as too much rest. And I don't believe in that. (laughs) You know, I think especially being a Capricorn stellium, Mm-hmm. Capricorns are known to be really hard workers and overwork themselves a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so I think rest is really important mm-hmm. for us to recharge. And we have to embrace that the same way we embrace having a strong work ethic, work ethic. So I see no shame in rest.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love how you normalize that for us because we often beat ourselves up for even just wanting to take time to rest. It's like, that's a bad thing. Like yeah. you're automatically associated. It's as, like lazy. Yeah. 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 So I'm really happy that you mentioned that. Um, so how can the audience connect with you? I know that you are a creative, you create yeah. things. Yeah. So, um, where can we connect with you or find any of your creations? So I just started an Etsy, an Etsy shop.
1: Um, I uploaded some Halloween digital prints. And I'm excited because I want to expand my collection and create other designs. So on Etsy, YouTube, and Instagram, all at AJ's Compilation.
0: Okay. And I will have that in the show notes as well. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us on Poetry for Black Girls. Um, I really appreciated the way that you were able to share your poetry, the wisdom that was inside of the poem, the way you normalized spiritual wellness, um, having a spiritual advisor, and you gave us so many good resources and tools to use. So thank you so much for being our first guest.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we will talk to y'all on another episode of Poetry for Black Girls. Bye.